Baines Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, the show where each week I have one notable guest and delve into their lives like the Queen delving into her crown jewels. This week I had brilliant actress Kate Phillips. You may have seen her in The Crown, currently on Netflix, with me in episode four. She plays Venetia. She also plays Linda in Peaky Blinders. She's a new regular. And she played Jane Seymour in Wolf Hall and she's in War and Peace as well. We chat behind the scenes gossip from The Crown and acting in general. Enjoy. Baines Plus One. Hoxton Radio. It's Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines, and she's here, the marvellous Kate Phillips. Hi. There she is. Are you excited, Kate? I'm really excited. I basically forced Kate to come on the show, didn't I? That's not strictly true. I was a little bit intimidated for uh, for a long time, mainly because you have comedians on this show. Comedians, <laughs> that's what we like to call them. I've had some actors as well. Uh, but probably funny actors. No, actually, uh, really, some of them have been really dry. very dry. Okay, well, hopefully... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be better than them. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> um, what, how are you, Kate? What have you been up to? Good. Since I last saw you. Um, all sorts, all sorts, babes. Actually, one thing that I have been, like, really passionate about over the last couple of weeks is I've been doing this charity thing. I told you about it. Stop being such the a good person. It's a charity thing called Seen the Herd. Oh, yeah. And I've been learning my lines all week, which is kind of lovely because this particular play that we're rehearsing for is written by a nine-year-old. My character is um, a mouldy lasagna. Mouldy lasagna? Yeah, yeah. Wow, I've never seen a mouldy lasagna. No, neither have I. I've yet to see the costume. We should say this is normal. This is what part of the process that a nine-year-old writes your play. You're uh, not just... Well, it's it's normal in the fact that that's what they've been asked to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us a bit about Seen and Heard. Seen and Heard is a, a charity based in Camden and they work with um, a whole bunch of kids from Summerstown. Um, they're sort of like, sort of like twelve or something children that get um, sort of ushered into this little community, and then these children from the age of nine, they then have a writers' weekend retreat, and after having interviewed their actors, they then put on a play. Well, they write a play for them. Can you imagine so interviewed. what a writer's retreat with, like, <laughs> nine-year-olds. nine-year-olds would be yeah. like? I think it's a lot of games, and then they have sort of five minutes where they're required to write something before they can go off and, like, climb the monkey bars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's not what a lot of writers would imagine on a... I like to think all writers have that sort of writer's retreat, like J.K. Rowling. She's, oh, like, so going on a writer's retreat. <laughs> She's just doing adventure sports in a field. Um, so how do you sort of go about motivating yourself as an actor when you play the part of Mouldy Lasagna? Oh, I see. Is it one um, of your most challenging roles? Um, I'd say um, I've yet to really delve into the rehearsal process. We've got one on Friday and then one on Saturday before we do a run. So I think okay. it's going to be quite a brief uh, journey for me. So it'd be quite similar to sort of playing Jane Seymour and Wolf Hall. Yeah, absolutely. Sort of. That kind of, um, mm. you know, get it right as soon as, you know, on set, got a few moments to sort of correct your performance and then uh, off you go. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> what do you think will be easier, giving birth in War and Peace or playing a mouldy lasagna? <laughs> Literally by a playing with Zania. Last the last show I did with Seen Heard was last month, and I was um, uh, a sparkly waterfall from Dubai Airport slash an alien, and it was probably one of the wow. most complicated things I've had to do. I didn't know where to place my performance at all. A sparkly all waterfall in Dubai Airport. Yeah, very specific. Have you been to Dubai? No, Airport? no, no. But I've seen photographs of this. It's very nice. Have you I've seen been it? There. You know what it's I mean? lovely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a well-travelled nine-year-old there. <laughs> No, this was actually a 40... Yeah, this guy was a little bit older, this boy, okay. Samuel. Um, but, yeah, um, yeah, so challenging roles, challenging roles. Um, we might have to sort of do a little video of you being a sparkly waterfall and put it on social media. Well, it, that's that's been and gone. You know, that's in the past. <laughs> well, you're here right now, and I think it's waterfall time. No, no, it's all time. about the costume, it's all about the costume. <laughs> what was the costume for a sparkly waterfall um, in Dubai They Apple? assembled a sort of, sort of grey, sparkly, dressy, lacy number, um, and I had sort of... Um, alien gloves at the same time. It was a bit of a mi- mi- you know mismatch. Did you get to keep it? No. 
Why? Yeah, they get reused for next time. Oh, that would be a great Christmas party outfit. <laughs> really? <laughs> what have you come as? A sparkly waterfall from Dubai Airport, <laughs> obviously. I have a fancy dress party this weekend Do and you? I don't know what to go as. I have one too. What, what's your <gasps> fancy dress party? Where, are we going to the same one? No, I don't Why haven't not. you invited me to yours? I'm going to... Um, what they what you, the, um, uh, the, the ones where you have to sort of like guess who the, the, the killer is. What are they? Murder mystery. Murder mystery That's yeah. very different. <laughs> yeah, but I do have to dress up. Do you, okay. My character is a stable wench. Oh, you'd be a great stable wench. Because you normally play quite posh people. <laughs> you, you could put on a Cockney accent. We could swap the roles yes, that we please. played in The Crown. Oh, why not? Did you pick up a lot on my Cockney accent? Absolutely. Do you want to so. give it a blast? Yeah. <laughs> She's looking at me like, you've made me come on this show and now you're making me do accents. What's your, wait, in. tell me what your question is. Oh, so I have to go to an icon party. An icon? What, what does that mean? Well, exactly. So my, my husband was like, oh, you should go as Marilyn Monroe. And I was like, it's too obvious. Although I do have a great dress for it. So what I did was I took the dress that I wanted to wear and then I planned what icon I could go as around the dress. Really so idea. I'm going as the queen. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yeah. Well, where, why did you find that that was the dress that you wanted to wear? <laughs> it's just really nice. I'll never get to wear the it. Queen it's quite over the, top. the queen um, the of what era? The queen. Of now, 1950s? I've got. I'm going to no. get a grey wig. No, because I don't want to go as like the the beautiful queen. I want to go as the old lady. She obviously is still beautiful. The money looks great with her face on. Um, but I'm I'm got a grey wig and a crown. It's going to be quite fun. And also, I thought great publicity for the crown. Do you think they'll fund my costume? (laughs) No. Um, So, Kate, Mm -hmm. have you. uh, We're going to do a quick fire round now. Love that. That sounds great. I love games. Yeah. Have you ever been in a quick fire round previously? Never done a quick fire round. Or quick fire anything? No, it'll probably really stress me out and I'll get really hyper and confused. But let's go for it. I'm really excited for that. (laughs) Okay, so here we go. I'm going to do intense eyes and it's going to be quick. <laughs> okay, so you've got to be quick. Me. Okay. Kate Phillips, yes. this is your quick fire round. Tea or coffee? Cake tea. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Breakfast or lunch? Lunch. Car or train? Train. Costume drama or straight drama? Costume drama. <laughs> Pen or pencil? Pencil. Sweet or savoury? Savoury. King or queen? King. <gasps> half empty or half full? <laughs> half full. TV or radio? Radio. Monarchy or government? Government. Ketchup in the cupboard or in the fridge? Fridge. Adventurous or cautious? Cautious. You passed. Yes. Although, Although you did say king, why? No. I mean, I was I said the wrong things for most of them. I, I, if I can go back, it would be coffee. <laughs> no. <laughs> the point of a quick fire around. Is it, were the eyes too intense? Did I freak you out with them? Uh, no, they were helpful. They sort of got me into the zone. Okay. I think I got better towards the end. What, so are you a coffee drinker, not a tea Definitely drinker? Definitely a coffee drinker, yeah. Okay, why did you say tea? Because um, <laughs> it's, it's a frightening position to okay. be Okay. <laughs> Good. Well, now you've had some practice of a quick fire round. Maybe it's my subconscious telling me actually how I, how I really feel. <laughs> yeah, you should drink tea. <laughs> and the important questions in life, tea or coffee. Um, what now you've got a bit more time with these questions we ask them to everyone what's the most recent lie you've told the most recent lie mm. that you um, drink coffee mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You've lied I, I lied yourself. right here right now today in front of you Sam and I apologise I actually don't lie but I think I probably do lie I think I exaggerate more than I lie okay I um, <clears throat> for example if I'm telling a story where I was having I was waiting around for 45 minutes I might say I was there for two hours. Yeah, but okay. then I can't continue two hours the story without correcting myself. Yes, then I go, okay, so I lie. It was really ten minutes. Oh, so, so you lie and then you confess yeah, to it in yeah, the yeah. same. So that's the thing is, I can't lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so what's what's your most recent exaggeration stroke lie? Something like that. I mean, it's very <clears throat> pathetic. It's not very exciting. There was one lie that I always remember. <coughs> this is the kind of lie that I tell. I once, when I was like ten. I mean, that is the best start to a conversation. There's one lie I'll always remember. Yeah, well, it's just because it sort of put me in a real pickle. Because okay. I um, I think I must have been like nine or ten. I moved. I moved schools. We we, we moved um, to a new school, and um, and I um, I asked for some reason the the sports teacher of this new school 
do they do hurdles? <clears throat> I was really into sports at the time. Do they do hurdles? I'd never done hurdles before. Okay. And they said, yes, we do at some point in the summer. Have you done them before? And I said, yes, I have. And it got round to the summer. We didn't have any time to, to do hurdles, but we then went to sort of like the Midlands, uh, you know, into sports, sort of all the schools get together and do it. She said, well, you've done them before, Kate, so we're just going to send you off to, 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 you know, compete. So you had to get... That is age like something and, yeah, from a nightmare. Was you had nightmare. to compete and in hurdles. Confessing, I was like, OK. And I trained myself up in my back garden with those, <laughs> with those, um, those um, what are they, sort of those zigzag hair, uh, clothes, dryer things we took we took them apart and I just sort of so did you tell hurdling. did you get your family in on this mm-hmm. and I came first in my heat totally. oh my gosh no, so, but after so lying said, really to, works I've for you my lesson <laughs> no <Yeah. laughs> I feel like you need to lie more <laughs> this is this thing actors are meant to, we're always meant to lie on our CVs aren't we have you put hurdles on your CV <clears throat> Yes, because that will get me a job. <laughs> well, um, there's going to be loads of films coming out about sports people who hurdle, surely. I would love to be in a sports film. I was envious of Lily James who got to do... Um, was it, she was in Fast Girls. I, I, I've known Lily since we were babies, but um, and I sort of admired her career. When she did Fast Girls, she was then... She, was then tr- she trained for like three months to be super, super, super fast um, and then just got a really great sort of... Physique, okay, well, so I think what you need to do is just lie on your CV that I'm really good at and just put all the things that you want to do. That's a good idea, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm really good at playing Elizabeth Taylor, because <laughs> there's going to be an Elizabeth Taylor-like film, autobiography, mm-hmm. biography soon, isn't there? Have you there? had any practice of playing Elizabeth Taylor? No, but you've just taught me that I can lie and come out <laughs> better at the end. Yes. So, any children listening, that's the moral <laughs> for today. Lies will get you everywhere. Um, we're going to be back um, with more Kate Phillips, talking about The Crown. We need to talk about War and Peace. We need to talk about Warfare. We need to talk about Pig Blinders. And we also just need to talk about her life and why she puts ketchup in the fridge. Bailey's Plus One. Hoxton Radio. Oh, what a feeling to have Kate Phillips in the studio. Mm. <laughs> Were you not impressed by no, my that was taking very clever, the? Yeah. There we go. Sorry, thanks. I really undersold that. <laughs> Kate, um, actress extraordinaire. Mm. You, I'm talking about from the crowd. She just nodded, like, yeah, yeah, I am. From the Crown, Peaky Blinders, War and Peace, Wolf Hall. We were just talking actually about the Crown because we were in the Crown together, mm-hmm. weren't we? Before we met. That's where we met. It all started. And uh, we we're talking about how you're bringing back headscarves. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I should realise that you're you... probably going to repeat what I say. Yeah. Right? When you tell me stuff off air, I'm <laughs> definitely going to tell people okay. on it. Because we we have a lot of headscarf action when we're walking through fog in episode four. Uh, yeah, it's all about the headscarf. In fact, I feel there's a moment. Sorry, there's a moment that I was really chuffed about where. I grabbed the headscarf off, the, off yes. the hook and I had to sort of time it with the sort of long shot. It was very exciting. It was it? really nice. The headscarf, key in that scene. <clears throat> it was key, sort of almost a character of its own. Mm-hmm. And it was nice that they kept that moment of you grabbing the headscarf but mm-hmm. cut all my funny lines. <laughs> so that, that was really nice of them. Um, but I feel like you're really owning the headscarf. And you I feel look like you're not. horrific. I think you look really great, like anyone would. No, I think it's definitely a lesson that I've learned for future old lady Sam, that headscarves <laughs> stay, are stay not clear. the way forward. Well, I think that's... How do you feel about hats? <clears throat> Generally. You, yeah, in general. Oh, I look good in a hat. Mm-hmm. Because the hair do. comes out at the end. Mm, it's all about the sort of shape. It's about mm. the, the whole ensemble. Whereas it? in a headscarf, I look like I don't have any hair and I think <laughs> I have the wrong shape head for that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for agreeing. No, I'm just going to... No, I, you, you want to have sympathy here. I'm not going to dispute what you're saying. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so there is a horrific photo of us on, on the internet, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's mm-hmm. been in the Radio Times and well, The Guardian, creepy. where I'm mid-cough yeah. and painted grey <laughs> by my lovely makeup artist, Sarah. Um, and you just look nice. It... <laughs> Tell me about I that, Kate. I look, I look, I look, I, I don't, well, I wasn't painted grey. That's, that was the thing is, you were painted grey, unfortunately. Um, but you were ill. I think it's actually remarkable how Venetia just survives the whole thing. I know, you don't get, we're talking about the crown now, so we're in episode four. You don't feel the effects of the smog at, at all. all. No, whereas I resilient. nearly die. 
Her immune system's clearly a lot stronger than yours. <laughs> Is that from hanging around with Churchill, who clearly has a strong immune <laughs> system because he's ancient? Absolutely, and has, what, five or six cigars in, in, half, in a half yeah. hour? Yeah, it makes it to 90, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah. I don't know. You research things. I did research and I forget things very quickly. So so we should talk about The Crown. How was it for you filming it? Did you like your character? Did she really exist? This is what everyone's asking. Um, I loved my character, yes. And she didn't exist. She was one of the very few um, characters in... She's a fake. ...the series that didn't exist at all. They made her up in order to kind of beef out that relationship that Churchill had with his secretaries. So what they did was that they kind of stole lots of lovely anecdotes and stories from, um, well, I believe they must have done, because I read lots of um, autobiographies of these women who worked for Churchill before The Crown is set and after. And these these women talking about their experiences of him dictating from the bath and, you know, then working, (laughs) you know, the early hours of the morning and him sort of... Um, working from bed and stuff and them sort of like, you know, rushing around. They adored him. Anyway, so they've just sort of pinched lots of stories of lots of these women and then... And put it all put together in Venetia. Yeah. That's my favourite scene, the bath scene. It's been made into a gif. <laughs> Have you seen oh, yeah, it? it has, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should tweet it. We'll tweet the gif of you <clears throat> nearly sitting in Churchill's bathwater. And when you describe it like that, it does not sound nice. <laughs> no. But when you watch it, it's quite funny. So what do you, what was your favourite thing about filming The Crown? Um, working with you, babe. Oh, my God. I was like, if she doesn't say that in a minute. <laughs> what was your second favourite thing about... Okay, well, um, uh, behind... Well, actually, working on that scene was pretty fun. That was the, the first seat. time I'd met... Stephen Daldry, who um, who directed that episode, I believe, and, he's and was the great executive fun. director. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, there were a number of directors on that, and we worked with Julian a lot, and he was wonderful. Um, but um, uh, Stephen sort of sat us down, John Lithgow and I, to sort of like hash out what that scene could be because it wasn't in the script that the bathwater, you know, gets gets her and the dog just sort of turns up out of nowhere uh, so yeah Stephen was like I want to give you obstacles so he throws all these things in and then you've got to solve them it was really fun yeah loved it and what was it like working with John Lithgow because he's a pretty cool guy mm, he's a dream you met him too yeah he said I was funny <laughs> I was like can I put he's that on a flyer fan. and he laughed um, I haven't seen him since well, no, I don't think... No, I mean, he's... he's he hasn't guy. rung me. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I invited him around for dinner. I thought we were best friends. Um, no, he was lovely. Um, but what, what was it like kind of working with... Because you've worked... And you've worked with Claire Foy before on Wolf Hall. Yeah, and actually more so. I barely, when we barely worked together. When we, I sort of, we barely crossed paths even when we were filming The Crown. I think I saw her sort of coming out of her trailer with, you know, like baby in, baby in hand. Um, she was her actual she, baby, her actual baby. Not in. The f- um, she was remarkable how she managed all of that. Anyway, so yes, but we did work together on Wolf Hall because I was her lady in waiting. Uh, Jane at, Seymour. Yeah, Jane Seymour. Yeah, just sort of in the background sewing. We had when we did Wolf Hall, we met all the women and I. Uh, uh, Charity Wakefield, who played um, <clears throat> Mary Boleyn, and uh, were you all friends or the wives? Obviously, Mary Boleyn wasn't the wife, she's sister. We're friends that were... Like, behind the historically. scenes. Oh, behind the scenes. Well, yeah, because they're great Not women. historically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I don't think... I think <laughs> those, those women, I think, were just sort of, like, stuck in a room together. We yeah, but I... We each other. I know, but I love yeah. that. Well, sometimes you don't get on with people, yeah, no, do you? Yeah, no, I was very lucky. We all got on well, and Claire is marvellous. And um, But we all met... We had a, a sewing um, meeting, or a sewing uh, lesson. We had to learn how to do med- a sort of Tudor sewing. Because if there's anything important in Waffle, it's the sewing. It really is. Place. That's what we did. <laughs> oh, my friend Hannah. A bit of speaking and sort of marrying Henry. Um, yes, exactly, yeah. And mm-hmm. sewing. Yeah, sewing. Well, needlework, yeah. Embroidery, to be specific. So is Claire Foy good at sewing? I think she was the best, yeah. Oh, exclusive on Oxford Radio. <laughs> Who were, were you good at sewing? That's <laughs> how she got oh, the role. The Is that what they got you to do in the audition? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, With that's authentic why I needles. didn't get it. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> With authentic needles. Mm, mm, what do you mean? Mm, like, mm. like vintage needles. Vintage needles, yeah. <laughs> Are they different from modern needles? Yeah, they're sort of a little bit wonky. Are they? Yeah, because they, you know, they wouldn't have been able to get really straight 
perfectly shaped needles back in the why Tudor times um, because they're just, just hammer them made. out. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You've committed to this fact now, and I'm questioning why. Why went? If you know why needles weren't straight back in the Tudor times, tweet Let us. Let us know. That's not the page at Hobson Radio. So um, there's so much to talk about. But how did you, before all of this, back at the beginning, mm-hmm. how did you get into acting? How did? When did you think I want to be an actor? Um. Oh. I always sound like a bit of a, um, a wally when I when when you go well, age nine. Yeah, good. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I just I Be did, a wally. I, you know, Where's I'm, wally? I'm, Here she is. Moved around quite a lot, and that was that's important because I um, when I was growing up, we sort of we, we moved all over the country, and I think being the new girl all the time was a bit difficult, and so. Um, being part of school productions makes you feel like you belong uh, makes you feel, so feel like you're part of something quite quickly and, so how um, many school productions in different schools were you part of well I never went to schools that were very dramery so it wasn't like um, that was sort of I sort of like sort of elbowed my way in um, to doing that but it wasn't like it was sort of that was the kind of stuff that lots of people did in our school so I'm um, very quick no because I don't think anyone wanted to do it so very quickly I was sort of all the leads um, great yes there was a play called Monica Makes Her Mark, written by one of our um, English teachers. Excellent alliteration. <laughs> you played Monica. What age were you? Um, I must have been like 13 or, or something. Anyway, But anyway, I just really enjoyed it. Can I it. just and tell you, you yeah. I was in a school play. Yeah. My first school play. I played Man 2 <laughs> in Oliver. Did you kill it? Did you, did you do it really <laughs> I well? I absolutely nailed it. <laughs> Next year, I was the lead. What? <laughs> um, that's where they spotted you. Look, leading roles from the beginning of your career, aged yeah, 13, absolutely. 14. And then, and so how did you take that being in school plays and, and as a way to make friends and then think I could do this as a mm, career? Yeah, well, I never thought I could do this professionally. I didn't think I was very good. Um, um, and uh, I, I don't know, I, I knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't have the conviction, I think, to sort of pursue it. So, and I know what I wanted to do is I really wanted to go to university. Um, so I went off to uni and did a theatre degree um, and in Leeds. And what did things. what did you hope you would become after this degree well, or did you not know? All I knew is that I wanted to be in this industry. I, I um, At the end of my the summer of my second year of uni, actually, I I'd spent that whole summer doing internships everywhere. I, I shadowed the... Um, <clears throat> Uh, what did I do? They shadowed the um, stage manager of Billy Elliot for two weeks. Ooh. So I just followed him around. I was like a bad smell. <laughs> of Billy um, Elliot? Yeah. Did awesome. you tap dance everywhere? Just behind scenes? I mean, that's not what the stage involved. manager does. So. Why? No, because I was I was wanting to... Get, like, maybe I wanted to be backstage doing that stuff. You experimented. Then I the, exactly, yeah. I was. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I wasn't, I wasn't sure whether I would ever, you know, work it as an actor. Which ultimately is what I, you know, I knew I wanted to do, but I wasn't, you know, you can never know, do you? Baines Plus One, Hoxton Radio. It's me, Samantha Baines on Hoxton Radio. I'm here with brilliant actor Kate Phillips. Hello. (laughs) There she is. Um, So we've been chatting about how you got into acting and you said you tried it, you tried all the behind the scenes stuff. You've I've shadowed tried, a stage manager all, on Billy Elliot. All the behind-the-scenes stuff, yeah. <laughs> Before, so when did you decide, no, okay, I'm an actor? Well, no, I knew I, I wanted to do it. I, uh, so then um, I... So when did you decide I you then, could? I then, uh, it was really drama school that decided that for me and that I tried to go, go get in and, I, and, and that didn't work the first first year. I was uh, rejected all over the place. And then, uh, then the year after I left uni and I just spent that year just solidly working on my audition speech is all I did for a year. For a year? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, um, obviously but that's, that's, again, that's an exaggeration, obviously. Um, so... <laughs> thank you for I telling again. me. I, and then, thank God, I was accepted. Uh, I think that if it, had, I not, had I not been, um, had I not been let in, I think I would have, you know, tried to make my own work or something. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that but that's, that's a great to hear for any sort of young actors who think I didn't get into drama school that means I'm not good enough mm, that's mm, the end of my mm. career in that you know you're in lots of TV shows that we know and love and you were rejected the first year round 
Rejected and has some pretty brutal feedback as well. Um, ultimately, the drama school auditions, you know, you, you really is down to the quality, the quality or, or you know, the how right those speeches are for you, I think. And, okay. Um, and what kind of like emotional place you are in when you walk in that room. And um, so you went to Guildhall. Mm, yeah. And then coming out of Guildhall. What happened? Because you went straight... You're like the drama school dream. When I was at drama school, we were all like, we're going to be picked up straight away. Like, I'm going to get a main role in a period drama. And you actually did. None of us did. <laughs> but you did. So so what happened? Because it was before you'd left. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I was very fortunate. I was. Um, I had a really lovely part in a play um, in the first term. And I, uh, you know, I got an... I didn't actually get my agent straight away, but I was put up for Jane Seymour. That was my first audition. Someone said, I think you should go up for that. And, what, and why was that? Did they come and see you in the play? Mm, came to see me in the play. And just thought, you are a great actor and you look like Jane Seymour. Um, I don't know what her, her thinking was. I, anyway, I went in and taped for it and didn't hear anything for like two months. And then I went in to meet Peter Kosminski um, in the new year and... Um, he sort of like he liked what I did, so that was great. <laughs> so, what was that like going for? So, you didn't? Did you finish at Guildhall? You didn't? Yeah, I had to leave early, which was devastating for me and for everyone else in my year. <laughs> <laughs> they miss me. No, I was, I was, I was devastated because it was drama school meant a hell of a lot to me. Because of course, like being part of something for the first time, uh, I felt in all my life because I'd moved around everywhere, and it for me. Um, I, I loved I loved Guildhall. It was amazing, and then to have to leave and not complete it and not be there, you know, to the last, it was really hard. And were other people a bit jealous? Um, they they may or may not have been, but um, they were really great. They weren't nice. They weren't horrible to you. No, they weren't horrible you to got, me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what was it like to go from drama school where you're learning about doing this as a career, and then you haven't even finished learning about it, and then you're fully thrown into doing it and being paid with people like Mark right yeah it's ridi- totally ridiculous um, but I'm grateful for, for, for the director of all four name uh, uh, called Peter Kosminski he announced on my on my first day um, on set I had a scene with Mark Rylance and um, that was your first scene yeah yeah, yeah. oh MJ. and he he, um, he said and um, just let, he's announced to the whole room all the crew oh, just God. to let you know <laughs> This is Kate Phillips's first day of filming ever. She's never done this before. So um, I don't know whether he um, asked for a round of applause then or it was then later when we finished the scene that everyone <laughs> he welcomed in a round of applause. Was Which that, was, was kind of mortifying but actually really lovely because then you can be really crap and um, no one's no one's going to judge you. But did you feel like... You know, it, doing stand-up, if someone introduced me like that, the whole audience would be like, oh, she's going to be awful. <laughs> and it would be the worst introduction ever. But was it was No, it I, I love complete transparency in that. from that. I don't want to pretend I'm any better than, than, I, than I am. I'm, if I'm, you know, if I'm new. And, and how did it go? Did green. you mess up? Well, fortunately, the character I was playing... Um, she's very nervous in that particular scene. She is very nervous because she gets sort of accosted by Cromwell um, on her way to uh, to Amberlynn, where she's probably going to get told off or whipped or something. So she's a bit sheepish, and um, that translated wonderfully. <laughs> Do you think they worked that out? They were like, "We'll give her this one." Yeah, first. Um, I'd like to think that was true, but I don't think they can really be as generous as that, can they, with their scheduling? Well, but maybe they can. Yeah, yeah maybe because they, they maybe don't they want you to mess up. <laughs> Um, so what? So what was it like working with Mark? Were you? Did you obviously know of him? Was Was he a nice guy? We all know. If, we all knew of him, didn't well, we? Well, I'm just yeah. Um, yeah. So um, was it hard to? Because doesn't he improvise a lot? Does he? I don't no, know. No, I think he was very true to script. I think he sort of okay. um, every now and then he'd always have his very heavily thumbed um, copy of the book, um, whichever book we were working from. Uh, and he would um, sort of perhaps make suggestions every now and then if he felt like we should maybe use this from the book or whatever. But he was very... Um, no, he he never really... Was he quite method? Um, I, I don't really know what that even means. I mean, he was he's, he's an unbelievably generous man. He's calm, and then at times he can be, like, you know, 
ridiculously silly and all sorts. He's just a complete joy to work with, yeah. Really, really, really kind man. And um, just, but when you're, you sort of watch him and you want to do what he's doing and you realise that you should probably just stick to, you know, what you're doing. <laughs> Try not to be Mark Rylands. Yeah. Because you can't do it as good as him. So. so do you, it was your first job. Were there any mm. times on that job where something went a little bit awry, maybe, or...? There were. You saw, there was a situation um, with, no. with the dogs. Okay. Where, um, so in, in Anne Boleyn's um, uh, rooms, she had, historically, we understand that she had a whole cluster of little dogs that were hers. Uh, and in one scene, it was such that it, was, it happened that these dogs would run out of the room as Cromwell would walk in. Mm-hmm. And now managing these dogs became quite tricky because then each one of us ladies in waiting would then go to pick up the dog and then have a dog in our lap throughout the, then, the scene that would then okay. go forward. Anyway, I unfortunately had a very um, fluffy dog and it was very irritable and it just sort of... Um, it wouldn't settle, and so in the back of the scene, behind this very intense conversation between Claire Foy and Mark Rylance, was me trying to <laughs> struggling with this dog, and it was so fluffy that every now and then just puffs of hair. I was just like, in a cloud of fur, and they eventually they just had to cut the dogs. <laughs> And because of your and struggling. And Peter came up, he thought, he was like, Kate, you don't really like dogs, do you? I was like, no, I love dogs. <laughs> I'm, I love dogs, Peter. It's just this one doesn't like me. And it was kind of mortifying. And also, I, and then I realised that I had an allergic reaction to dogs as well. So a rash. I oh, had a rash my gosh. over my neck. Um, and I, I mean, sneezing. I would have loved to see that scene <laughs> in Warfall. Yeah. Just in the background, you wrestling with a dog and then getting redder and redder yeah. and redder. I ruined it for everyone, of course, because everyone was enjoying having these little puppies on their laps. And um, <laughs> then they were taken away from us because I couldn't manage mine. Oh, God. No one, uh, you must have gone redder as well because you're just mortified <laughs> that this was happening on your first job. Um, and what about, um, we haven't talked about Peaky Blinders. Mm. So what was it like, A, to do the accent mm-hmm. and B, to go in as a regular on such a well-known series yeah. that has had so many series before you yeah. were kind of introduced? I mean, totally weird, totally weird. I, um, I, um... Is this the accent we're talking about now? <laughs> no, the accent. My my Birmingham accent is probably a bit weird because it's not. I don't think it's very authentic. It's I'm great. Sorry, I, I remember when we were we were in one of our trailers in the Crown, and you were doing the accent to me, and you were telling me how difficult it is. Can I explain? The only reason I would have been doing that is because why would I have been doing that? It's a bit embarrassing. Huh? Was I testing out on you? I didn't yeah, think you I hadn't filmed out. for people. No, you hadn't. You so, were preparing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I could not do a Birmingham accent, so I was just like, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> she just gave me eyes. <laughs> um, I What was weird was um, walking on set, having never met the actors I was about to work with, one of the actors was my husband and it's the that not in real life in the in the, yeah, in the series Arthur not and, Albert yeah <laughs> that's my friend Albert's my cat <laughs> not to be confused no. um uh yes what was I saying uh, yeah what uh, yes yeah, sort of walking on set having never met uh uh Paul Anderson who plays my husband and of course that series is two years later so a, they they know each other very well but I'm stepping on set having never met this man mm. um, this actor and then uh, the director taking hands with everyone and then the director saying cool let's just uh, let's see what happens <laughs> and thinking I don't know where to begin <laughs> <laughs> yeah but obviously you just follow everyone's lead and it was fine and what and was it like and... kissing him with that moustache kissing kissing Paul mm. lovely was it tickle did it tickle your lip <laughs> Because my husband's got a beard, and sometimes it gets in the way. You know what I have a problem with um, with uh, men that you have to kiss when they and they shave their beard, mm. and then you have that, that two days of regrowth, and it's really painful. So actually, was it quite like a it was cushion? <laughs> cushion, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. a lip cushion. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> We should tweet him <laughs> and say, we're talking about your lip cushion on Hoxton Radio. Um, coming up next, we've got the news. And of course, it's the alternative news because it's me. Keep it Hoxton Radio. You're listening to Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines on Hoxton Radio. 
Oh, it's the newsy music because it's time for the alternative news on Baines Plus One. Kate Phillips is here with the headlines. Poker money gone. A piece of fart. Sign here. Exercise your cake hole. It's Christmas time. Donkey cheese and wine. Those are the headlines. <laughs> Very good newsy good? voice. That was really, really good, Kay. I've never been a news reader before. Well, you, you were about to play a mouldy lasagna. Mm-hmm. You've played Linda and Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. You played Venetia in The Crown. And now you're playing a newsreader. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, we do just have a few tweets and things that I want to say hello before we delve into the news. Um, Georgia Kerr says, yay. That you're on the show. (laughs) Great. Um, Stephanie on Twitter says she's loving the behind the scenes chat about the crown. Thanks for listening, Stephanie. And Callum has said, Will you marry me, Kate? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Oh, wow. We've had your proposal accepted. Callum, if you get in touch with Hoxton Radio, we'll we'll put you in touch with your new wife. Um, All you need to do is ask. (laughs) Wow. Okay. That's a nice little insight into your life. Okay, so um, I'm thrilled to meet your new husband, Kate. So let's look at our alternative news for today on Baines Plus One. Pokemon Gone, this is the world's most valuable Pokemon card, has just broken records by selling at auction for an incredible £44,000. The most experienced Pokemon trainer won't recognise the Pikachu Illustrator card from a pack they excitedly ripped open 15 years ago. That is because the card, which was only released in Japanese writing, and it was a special edition, and only 30 were ever made. So they were presented to competition winners, and only 10 remain in mint condition. The card featuring the Pokemon franchise's much-loved mascot, Pikachu. Sold for $54,970, which is about 44 grand, and auctioned in Beverly Hills, California last week. The director of operations for comics at Heritage Auction Auctions said, The Pikachu, Pikachu, I wonder if I should do a voice, maybe American. The Pikachu Illustrator card mm-hmm. was given in January of 1998 to winners of the Coro Coro Comic Illustration Contest. Only 20 to 39 copies of this card were released, 10 of which are graded in top condition, and it is unknown how many still remain with the public. So if you have a Pokemon card that is in mint condition and is this specific one, you could earn yourself 44 grand. What do you think of that, Kate? That would be very nice. Yes, please. Actually, I have one. Uh... Do you? <laughs> Let's. I was Don't tell your new husband. Pokemon cards. Were you? Why should I not tell my new husband? You have to sign a prenup. Otherwise, they'll get half. Oh, yeah. We're not married yet. <laughs> <laughs> I like your style. <laughs> Were you into Pokemon cards? Mm-hmm. I was into Pokemon cards and uh, football cards. I was one of those girls at school that um, sort of hung out with the boys and, um, like, and there's no, they were stickers, weren't they? I had my own little sticker book, football. Of football? Mm-hmm. I think I had one of them. Mm-hmm. I had the little pogs. They pogs, pogs, yeah, yeah. What yeah. did they do? Were they round? I think you, you sort of fl- you flipped them against each other and then they jumped, didn't they? But yeah. you were really into Pokemon. Um, did you play Pokemon Go? Yeah. Pokemon Go is the most recent thing, isn't yeah. it? No. <laughs> okay. So it's just a childhood thing. Okay, fine. Well, you shouldn't have because you could earn yourself 44 grand. Please. Um, next up, a piece of fart. This is F art. Underwater flatulence in 120 FPS farts per second. It's described as a video art project about liberation, freedom and censorship. The masterpiece, apparently we're calling it, is set to the is set to Mozart's opera, and it's been viewed almost three million times on Vimeo, and it's been uploaded, and it's it's inspired some quite weird comments. It's including arty farty, not my proudest fap, and if you keep a cup upside down, you can actually trap the farts. That is too much information. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's just it's just a massive loud underwater fart is can, essentially what can, it can is can you hear it though if it's underwater I don't know that is the question <laughs> that's what I want to know that's like a tree and falling in a forest yeah. <laughs> if no one's there can you can you smell it <clears throat> I don't well if you're a human you have a nose brocked up 
Do fish smell? So many questions we've come up with today. <laughs> if anyone could tweet mm-hmm. in, that'd be great. Um, it's a massive, loud underwater fart, and we're we're interpreting it as a comment on politics mm-hmm. in America. It's a Trump. What have you ever farted underwater, Kate Phillips? <laughs> <laughs> I might have done. I I can't recollect. I love that Haven't you've genuinely <laughs> answered that question. I it's quite well, bubbly when it happens, isn't it? Have you ever done that when you're going for? A, do you swim? I have, I have some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I when I go swimming, sometimes because of all the movement, it it brings the air what? out of your. Um, it's like a, it's like creating your own jacuzzi, farting underwater. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's warm and. <laughs> oh, only if you follow through <laughs> too much. Okay, next sign here: a man with no arms claims he was refused loans at several banks because he couldn't provide a fingerprint. This is a 25-year-old from China's Henan province who was hoping to take out a loan to buy a house. He normally holds a pen in his mouth to sign documents, but bank employee employees turned him away, saying that written signatures were easy to imitate. Not if you wrote them with your mouth, probably. Fingerprinting is a common practice because signatures can be imitated, but there's no way to copy a fingerprint. So uh, Wu bo- lost both his arms after suffering from a severe electric shock at the age of just five. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Since this story gained publicity, people online have criticised the banks for not making an exception for him. One post on Facebook even asked why they didn't accept a footprint from Wu instead. Good point. A footprint's unique. No. Yeah, yeah you, have your, you have a print on your, on your thumb, on your toe, the big toe. Don't you? Yeah. Okay. What do you think? Do you? In fact, that's a, I mean, you must do. Yeah, I think you do. Everyone in the studio is nodding. I think we are in the dark about (laughs) toe prints. (laughs) And we should know more. We don't talk about it a lot, do we? (laughs) No. I actually spoke at Mumsnet Blogfest recently and I said, toe hair. We need to talk about it more because everyone has it. And I think it's the same with toe prints. (laughs) So we swept another rug, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So we think he should have used his toe print. We think that. Or I think he should have been allowed his, um, his signature. That's how he's been writing for so many decades, you know. It does seem a bit, I mean, yeah. It does um, raise questions as to, he, you know, the thumbprint that we now have to, we use to access our iPads, iPhones and stuff. Chicky uses his foot. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) No, he just puts in a passcode. It's much more straightforward because it never actually recognises your fingerprint anyway. (laughs) And you have to put the passcode anyway. Exercise your cake hole. A bit of... Oh my goodness. A bizarre device that claims to reduce the signs of ageing has people talking about it for all the wrong reasons. The mouth exercise contraption insists that users can benefit from toned muscles in their face. All they have to do is suck on the winged object while bobbing their head up and down to make it fly. <laughs> Let's just imagine that for a second. You're sucking a winged object <laughs> while moving your head up and down. <laughs> it's drawn criticism online by people who claims it looks more like an X-rated sex aid. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. In the video uh, for the product, women are seen demonstrating the exerciser before smiling and laughing into the camera. <laughs> and only women, I believe. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's called Facial Fitness Pal. It went viral, this video, as, uh, as obviously it looks a bit sexy. One person commented, I'm sure there's plenty of lonely men out there that will save you from the $40.24.99 price tag of this thing. I mean, I see a video of this where after the woman has has been practicing training her her gums up, she then gums. Clutch, she then clutches her cheeks as though like oh, they're exhausted <laughs> with a smile. What a workout. <laughs> we shouldn't tell any men about this. This is just an excuse now. Oh, go on, go on. Exercise your mouth muscles. I've got something for you. No, thank you. Do you know what exercises your mouth muscles? What? Eating chocolate <laughs> and talking. Mm-hmm. And smiling lots. Much better. Oh, that's a nice one. Um, it's Christmas time, donkey cheese and wine. Health Nuts will be rushing to put the newest dietary craze on their Christmas cheese board this year. You guessed it. Donkey cheese. The mule-based dairy product is set to become the latest in high-end eating, especially as it's said to have exceptional health benefits. Fine dining has often been littered with oddities like camel milk, ostrich meat and 
something else. Um, but now there's donkey cheese, and you can only get it from one farm in rural Serbia. <laughs> so everyone book your flights. You're making a killing. <laughs> for Christmas. It's high in protein, calcium, and omega-3 fatty acids, which are all beneficial for good heart health. And um, it's because it's low fat. It contains anti-allergenics and is 60 times more vitamin C than cow's milk. Apparently it tastes sweet and nutty. Would you try it, Kate? Yeah, I would. Well done, donkeys. Yeah. <laughs> well done, donkeys. Well, what, what, don't, don't write it off. You don't know where you're going to get the next best, uh, best I cheese mean, from. It costs £880 per kilo. How, much, how big is a kilo? Not very big. Really? It's, it's the most expensive cheese in the world. Okay. Um, well, I don't have that money to spare. If I were, I might have a taste. I mean, I'd eat a kilo in a day. No, I wouldn't. It's bigger <laughs> than that. Um, it's called Puel. I'd taste it. I mean, Puel is it not. Sound like you would taste yeah, it. Yeah, it's not a sort of sexy <laughs> name. But then, is is cheese? <clears throat> well, it's become tasty sounding, isn't it? Is it cheese? <laughs> Puel. <laughs> Pure. Mmm, love that pure. You make anything sound good, Sam. Thank you. Try some <laughs> pure. It's not a nice, it sounds like sick. <laughs> it does. I would try it though, because I am lactose intolerant. Are you a cheese fan, <clears throat> Kate Phillips? I am a big cheese fan, yeah. I like goat's <laughs> cheese and sheep's cheese. So you might like donkey exactly. cheese. Exactly. Do you not have cow cheese? Well, I like cow cheese too. I love a manchego, and I think that's a Cheap's cheese. That's what it tastes like. Is, did you say that? Yeah. Man- oh, okay. oh, no, I said sweet and nutty, but they've said manchego. Yeah, I love a manchego. Baines Plus One. Hoxton Radio. You are indeed listening to Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines, and marvellous actor, Kate Phillips. Hiya. Here she is. It's time for Poem of the Week. Kate, I made you write a poem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever written a poem before? I must have done, but not in recent history, no. Recent history? Did you find it a struggle? What was your poem yeah, writing I find, process? I, I, um, actually, I mean, it was a challenge, but I think I, I'm pleased that you set me that challenge because um, I'm, I surprised myself I completed it, at least. You did. So thank you very much, Sam. I'm really very excited me. to hear it. Does it have a title? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it's called Cake. Cake. I'm really embarrassed. Actually, this is, this is mortifying, Sam. I'm but really excited. I have excited. to write about something, and I do make cakes. So I've written mine about chocolate, so it's perfect. Yeah, okay, so here we go. This is... Okay, oh, please excuse me. It's going to be great. This is Cake <clears throat> by Kate Phillips on Hoxton Radio. Cake. With oven set to max, and the pans greased and lined... Set out your bowl and your scales, all ingredients, to bind. Please be precise. One must measure exact. Remember, this is chemistry, not an art that's abstract. Cream the sugar and fat. Break the eggs, one, two, three. With a healthy pinch of salt, mix all generously. Now, oh, we're now ready for flour and raising for height. We must now work with haste so the cake's good and light. Fold all together, don't beat out all the air. Careful when scooping, one must handle with care. With the mixture divided, two trays heaped with goo. Bang them in the oven, it's time to pull up a pew. Set the timer to 20, maybe add five just for luck. Don't dare open the doors or they'll sink and that'll suck. (laughs) Set aside and let them cool, it's nearly time to assemble. Jam fillings best with this. Makes one's belly gurgle and tremble. Dish out the portion, serve with mascarpone or cream. Be proud of what you've accomplished. You're the newest cake-making queen. Yeah! (laughs) That was so good! (laughs) I've never heard you say the word suck before. Mm. And you had a little giggle when you said it. (laughs) Did you enjoy that? Yeah, I really enjoyed that. You really it. acted it. I really felt the did cake Did you? I happening. really cared about it, didn't I? You did. You really motivated mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. You're going to nail that mouldy lasagna part. Um, so so my... That was very good. I'm very impressed. Don't put me to shame, Sam. No, mine just has rhymes. Yours had, like, poetic <laughs> licence. It was great. Um, so mine is called Toblerone Madness mm-hmm. in brackets. Why? <laughs> Here we go. 
I've been off the radio for two weeks and what do I hear from top chocolate geeks? That chocolate companies are reducing their bar and bag sizes due to Brexit and the ingredients price rises. What awful news, especially at a time when chocolate guzzling is at its prime. How will I put on all my Christmas weight? What will propel the January self-hate? Maltesers are now lighter and they're already filled with air. Or is that just their marketing flair? I've never been able to blow one in the air like they do in the ad, but maybe that's just my lung capacity that's bad. But worst of all is what's happened to the Toblerone, as opinions on social media have shown. Instead of making the bar smaller in length, they've spaced out the triangles and it's not to its strength. Don't we all know that it's not length, it's girth? that brings the most pleasure and sugar-fueled mirth. Those delicious pyramids are too far apart. It's about satisfaction, not modernist art. Maybe they wanted to be true to life and did not intend to hurt. After all, pyramids, of course, are surrounded by desert. There we go! Lovely! <sighs> Poem of the week. Anger over October I feel you. Do you feel my pain? Absolutely. Did I shame you? Yes, no. of course you do. <laughs> You're like, mine was better. <laughs> do you feel good? Do I feel good? Yeah. After what, you, about your foray into poetry. Yeah, thank you. I don't, you know, you won't be able to stop me now. <laughs> poem every day. I'm, are you going to write poem every day? <laughs> are you going to start a poetry blog? No, thanks. I think I'll, um, no. I'll, I'll um, stop whilst I'm ahead. I don't think you should. What's, I'm going to challenge you to write another poem. What's your next poem oh going to be God. about? Um, I think I learned actually you should you should write what you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what you can write about period easy. dramas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we can all look forward to that. Baines plus one. You are listening to Baines plus one. <laughs> Kate, are you singing along with Kate Phillips? Not loudly enough. Who's <laughs> singing my jingle? Do you want to do one? <laughs> Baines plus one. One, one, one. one. Oh, I like yeah. the echo. I'll record one with you and then I'll use it next week. Um, we've been having some great chats about our time filming The Crown. Um, uh, we've, we've had a question actually from Ellie. Is The Crown a standalone series or whether, will there be more, Kate Phillips? <laughs> uh, there will be more. I, I think the, the, the plan is, certainly. I mean, I, I, I only know what I read. Uh, plan is that they will... That they will film until the current day really I think I, you know until you know you know up to now like, let's tell the story of the queen well I I am you know going to my fancy dress party as the queen mm-hmm. now grey hair and all so you know I'm just going to take a few photos and send them to <laughs> Peter Morgan because obviously I have his number I don't um we won't be in it though will we for reasons that will become clear if you watch episode four but we i wanted to talk a little bit about because you have a stunt in our in our our episode it's ours now no one else is in episode four of the crown and we won't say what happens exactly in that stunt because it'll be a bit of a spoiler but what was it like have you ever had a stunt work because you had a stunt woman that was dressed up as you Totally, yeah. Have you ever and, had and one wigged, before? And wigged. And there's a photograph, actually. There's a pub, public, there's a publicity photo of the crown. I thought, oh my god, that's me. And then I realised, no, no, <laughs> that's just um, that's the stunt woman. Yeah, like, yeah the stunt woman wearing a blonde wig, wig wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. I remember when we were filming, we were talking about this all the time that you were going to have this big stunt. It was very exciting. Also, well, what, I sh- what I can say is that I, um, yeah, I, I climb walls. I am, I'm. Um, I'm a bit. I'm a bit pretty good. With mm, my there's sons. a car chase scene, yeah, isn't there? Chase, that yeah. turns over. <laughs> there isn't. We're lying. It's set in the 1950s, guys. Um, they had cars in the 1950s. <laughs> so, uh, are we on Facebook Live? We're on Facebook Live. If you want to see what we look like and what we're chatting about, just go to facebookcom forward slash Baines and you'll see us chatting, and you'll see the chocolate that we've got on the table. <laughs> um, but I wanted to talk yes. a bit about what we got up to on the Crown because. We hung out quite a lot. That's where we met, but we spent a, we spent a lot of time together. You brushed your teeth in front of me. I feel like mm-hmm, we got close, mm-hmm. and and there were some silly things that happened on the crown. My cold sore being one of them mm-hmm. that they made a feature. That was a character. It's it. character of its own. The DOP said to me, "I can't believe the makeup have given you a cold sore," and I was like, "No, no." <laughs> It's real. It's authentic. <laughs> um, and this was in the hospital scene, and something with you happened in the hospital scene, didn't it? I feel like this happens quite a lot, but um, and 
Yeah, so I was rushing around. This was cut from the actual um, episode, but I was rushing around um, trying to find some help for Sam. And um, In the scene. In the scene. I was and fine I in real life. run up to... They're not called barn doors, stable. I went up to like a stable door. Um, in a hospital. In a hospital to seek some help. And in doing so, <laughs> I fell flat on my bum. Not flat on my face, but I literally sort of fell right under. And of course, you di- I disappeared out of, out I mean, of sight. And it was mortifying because you have like hundreds of people come and get you. And I was winded, so I couldn't really breathe. <laughs> it, I mean, from my perspective, it was hilarious. <laughs> we were in a hospital. How many extras were there? Like 50, there a, 100 there a extras a and a whole crew. And everyone was watching Kate. And I'm sitting on this little bench looking really ill. I think they cut this from yeah. the show. I'm sitting on this bit, bench. There's a woman next we to me reading the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was just looking at Kate and she just disappeared like all of a sudden behind these barn doors because she just fell over. Actually, and of course, the, the best bit is then when you then you sort of get to your feet again and you'd, you're like, I'm OK, I'm OK. <laughs> and everyone didn't know whether to laugh or just be like, oh, gosh, it's Yeah, they, she? T- they take okay. their lead from you, don't they? And I don't think I was in laughing mode at the time. I think I laughed <laughs> big time. Mm, mm. That would have been a great. They should have kept that shot in. <laughs> oh, Mary, Venetia's flatmate's fine now. She's laughing. Um, you you slipped over in. Oh yeah, and then it, well, this happened a lot in Wolf, and I was thinking about it because there'd be there'd be long shots where um, whole crowds of people would walk down corridors, and often following be, uh, behind women who have long trains on their dresses. And I think there was a shot where we were all walking down the corridor couple of the guys were behind us and just one of the men just disappeared out of shot because he'd slipped on someone's dress <laughs> <laughs> and I think only two of us from, from right at the back knew that it had occurred and um but of course no one else could see so we're just laughing and uh, the scene just goes on obviously they didn't use it but um that happened and I also slipped on the carpet and went under as well yeah hurt Great. my bum you are good at falling bum. on your bum. Mm, mm. I once fell on my bum in ice and I think I cracked my coccyx. Really? So be careful. Okay, well, thank you. Um, so we, we've chatted obviously about The Crown because we were in it together. We haven't talked about <clears throat> War and Peace because you played uh, a pregnant wife. Lise Bolkonski. Yeah. I oh, was, what was her name? Her name is Lise Bolkonski. She was Andre Bolkonski's wife. Who was played by? Um, uh, James Norton. Yeah. Yes. I knew you said Edward Norton. He's very handsome. He's was that very, nice? Yeah, it's always nice to play opposite a good looking person, <laughs> isn't it? But you were having his baby. Yes. Um, she's not a particularly sympathetic character in the book. Um, d- d- uh, Andre isn't mad for her. Um, obviously, he falls in love with Lily James um, in the end. Um, yeah, I um, play his pregnant wife. Um, and spoiler alert. Yeah, go on. I've said it already. Yeah. How how was it with the baby bump? Because I I've only done one episode called the Midwife. I didn't wear a baby bump for as long as you did in One Piece. But it's quite. I got quite attached to mine. You do, and I had one in um, in in um, Peaky Blinders. You do because you get the whole. What sort of... are you pregnant in it? I'm clutching my boobs. <laughs> I mean, we are on Facebook Live, and Kate <laughs> Phillips is clutching. No, I <laughs> Are you um, pregnant in Peaky Blinders? Yeah, yeah, mate. Did I miss that? There was a whole I announced that my pregnancy. Oh yeah, I remember. But that was a small one. In War and Peace, you were yeah. huge. No what offense. I really enjoy about that is that they they you get your pregnancy bump gets bigger and bigger. Okay. You have different size and you have different size pregnancy bumps. Sometimes you'd be on set, and um, and uh, and someone will look at you and say, "I think I think that's too big." So you just sort of you go. You sort of like looks like you're groping. <laughs> Just and then you just pull out a bit of fluff and um, it's a bit smaller and um, you, s- you go ahead. Oh, yeah. you, and oh. Like, oh, that looks better. Yeah. So was yours stuffed with fluff? Mine was it's quite just, a firm bump. It's firm, yeah, but yeah. So I was stuffed. I had like, lots of different stuffing. I had lots of different types of padding, and I, you could change it. I had then. to. Um, I had did mine strapped on like a Borat swimming costume. Did you have that? So the bump was here, and then I literally like strapped it on. Oh no, I had a leotard. Yeah, it's it's really with it's got, going it. to the loo is. Oh. A nightmare. Exhausting, yeah. And what was it like do do doing the childbirth? Um, <laughs> uh, actually, kind of great fun. I spoke to my sister-in-law uh, the evening before, who just recently had two baby boys, so um, not twins, um, just 
she'd had two kids. Anyway, she she told me the whole blow by blow, so I, I tried to honour her the following morning. And on that blow by blow moment, uh, Kate Phillips, thank you so much for joining me on Bates with One. Yeah, you've been amazing. We've had such good chats. It's the end of the show now. Uh, if people want to catch you, where can they? Where are you on Twitter? Oh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, my name's Kate Phillips on Twitter. At Kate J Phillips. Yeah, that's right. I'll just yeah. remind you, babe, Thank it's you, fine. Sam. And you can also check her out on IMDb and see all the things you've done. You're currently in... Oh, yeah, I appear for the first time in My Mother and Other Strangers on Sunday night. Uh, BBC One. Also, a radio, <laughs> that, um, a BBC radio yeah. drama that's kicked off on um, this, this week. Called, What's it um, called? The Goodrun Saga. I, I'm playing... Uh, I've got my northern accent out, guys. She's in everything. And obviously you can check out The Crown and we're in episode four together. Kate Phillips, thank you very, very much. Um, I'll be back with you next Thursday, 12 to 2. You can follow me on Twitter at Samantha Baines. Keep it hopster radio. Baines plus one. Thanks for listening to Baines plus one with me, Samantha Baines. The show is originally recorded on Hoxton Radio and the podcast is sponsored by Penguin in the Room, award-winning marketing for the arts. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com for more info. Don't forget you can follow me on social medias at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S on Twitter and Instagram and facebook.com forward slash Samantha Baines on Facebook. Please subscribe and leave us a nice review.